Life Audio. I believe that one of the biggest reasons people have a hard time moving forward, and maybe you're in this category, maybe you're not, you know someone that's in this category, but one of the biggest reasons people have a hard time moving forward is because of a lack of forgiveness. <laughs> forgiveness. Uh, the other F word, if you will. There are words that we're not supposed to stay, to say that begin with F. Forgiveness is one of those. We like to hang on to hurts. We like to hang on to those pains of the past. We like to hold people accountable for what they've done to us. But that lack of forgiveness in so many ways prevents us from moving forward. And if we're honest, we know that to be true. And yet, even though we know we are supposed to forgive, we understand that forgiveness is something that's commanded and something that we need to do to move forward in a healthy way. It hurts in a weird way to let go, to offer forgiveness, and to move into the life that God has set in front of us. Today on the March or Die show, I want to spend a few minutes talking about forgiveness, why it's important, what it looks like, and how we can do it. Because if there is one thing that gets people so tripped up and holds people down so tightly, it is this area. We're going to discuss that in just a moment. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And uh, man, this topic today is one that I need, and that's why we're talking about it. We all need to discuss forgiveness and understand it. And we're going to do that together today. Before we get there, however, I want to remind you, just like I do every week, if you are not yet subscribed to the show, please take some time to subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from right now. Go ahead and just hit that subscribe button. That would be fantastic. You can also share this content out with others. That would be helpful. And then take some time. Go over to jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. There you will find not only links to this show, but to other podcasts and other media that I'm involved with. You'll find a place to reach out to me on social media. You can also sign up for my newsletter there, and uh, I'd love to have you do all of those things. But you can find that at jeremystalnecker.com. So today we're going to talk about forgiveness. This is a topic that I have discussed on this podcast before. Uh, just about every time that I'm interviewed, when I'm talking about trauma and, and so many of the other topics that I talk about because of our work with the Mighty Oaks Foundation, working with veterans and active duty service members and first responders who are dealing with trauma, forgiveness is always an aspect of that. In fact, I was asked the other day, uh, I was talking about trauma to uh, a person on another media outlet, and, and this is kind of a pre-interview, and we were just having a great discussion and talking about trauma and the work that the Mighty Oaks Foundation does and he asked me in the middle of that, well, where does forgiveness fall into all of this? And I thought that was an insightful and interesting question because I think anyone who has been hurt, anyone who has endured trauma, anyone who's gone through uh, any real difficulty in life that is outside of their control, 
understands the need for forgiveness. It's crazy because when people hurt us, that hurt, if we're not careful and if we're not intentional about moving beyond it, can last a lifetime. And so many folks, I, I, when I talk about kind of the march or die message, I use the phrase in my first point that the biggest fights in life come when you least expect them. And sometimes the unexpected is so overwhelming that people become the lifelong victims of a one-time event. That phrase, people become the lifelong victims of a one-time event. I talk about that when I'm explaining this process of marching forward. But man, that's exactly what happens. And again, if you've, you've experienced this in your life, you know this to be true. The actual event, the actual hurt is in the past. Perhaps even the person that hurt you is no longer around. You don't have a relationship with them at all. They can't hurt you anymore. But because you have not forgiven, offered that forgiveness, you are still bound to the hurt and the pains of the past. Now, I want to get into this in, in a really very simple way. I am not trying to be complicated or overly philosophical here. I want to give you some practical uh, thoughts on forgiveness and some steps that you can use to move forward in this. And I understand that this could be a much larger conversation, and, and certainly it needs to be a much larger conversation. So I'll say a couple of things up front before we even get into this. I, I want to say a couple of things up front. Number one, sometimes, <laughs> often, this process of forgiving someone who has hurt you requires help. All right, so listening to a podcast can be a starting point. Reading a book can be a starting point. But sometimes you've been hurt so badly and so deeply, or you've struggled with this thing for so long that you need a pastor, you need a counselor, you need a, a, a friend who can help walk you through this. You need someone else to come into your life that can help you walk this out. All right, so that's a big one. Uh, that's number one. Uh, this conversation we're having right here is not intended to be the entire answer. This is to get you thinking, but you might have to get someone else to step into your situation. All right, that's number one. Number two, and I'm going to say this up front and then we're not going to come back to it. Number two, when we look at biblical forgiveness, and we'll talk some of, uh, about some of that today, but when we look at forgiveness in the Bible, and we could use the great example of the forgiveness offered by Christ. Jesus Christ died in our place on the sin, uh, on, on the cross for our sin. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sin so that we could be forgiven. He paid the price. Forgiveness is offered. And the goal is reconciliation, to be reconciled to God the Father. When forgiveness is offered and forgiveness is received then reconciliation takes place. And I think the biggest goal, the highest goal of forgiveness is reconciliation. However, reconciliation is not always possible. Again, I'm just acknowledging this up front. I think that wherever possible, the highest goal of forgiveness is to be reconciled, to restore a relationship but sometimes the hurt has been so bad. It, it's been criminal. <laughs> it's been the type of hurt that someone needs to be in prison for or should stay away from you for. Uh, this is not the type of thing that we want to restore a relationship. 
I get that. I understand that. Maybe someone has died who hurt you. Maybe there's no opportunity for reconciliation. I understand. But you are only responsible for your part of that, which is offering forgiveness. It's opening your hand. It's letting the offending person, if you will, go and find themselves accountable to God. They're not accountable to you anymore. So this is number two. When reconciliation is not possible, you still need to release that person so that you can move on with your life. All right? So we said, number one, uh, you might need help. Number two, reconciliation may not be possible, but you still have a role in this, and that's very important. Uh, Number three, I'm not going to discuss in this topic or this conversation um, forgiveness of self. I've talked about that in the past. Um, That's not part of this conversation, you know, forgiving yourself, and you need to forgive yourself. Um, My my personal position on this is that only God can forgive <laughs> in that sense. Us, we can't forgive ourselves, um, but we can accept the forgiveness that God has offered. That's a different conversation. Now, um, there's no reason to hang on to regret and hang on to the traumas of the past. And I talk so much about this. I don't want to get into a, a nuanced conversation over words, uh, but God is the one who forgives us. All right. So that's number three. Um, And then finally, um, forgiveness, uh, again, is a broad topic, and it's something that often is difficult to understand. And I just want to give you a perspective on forgiveness that you can apply to your life, hopefully apply to the relationships in your life, understand a little bit from a biblical perspective, and begin to move forward. But, however, (laughs) comma, This may be an ongoing daily commitment and recommitment. Forgiveness once offered is not always final. We don't bury the hatchet. We don't uh, forgive and forget. That's that's not human. Uh, Often, because of emotion attached to the hurt, we can offer forgiveness, and then because we're crazy (laughs) and we're human, we pick it up and bring it back in, right? This may need to be something that is recommitted to over and over and over again. So those are my uh, kind of disclaimers as we get into this. You might need to bring someone else into this to get some help. Uh, That's great. Go ahead and get some help. Reconciliation is not always possible, but even when reconciliation is not possible, you still have a role to play, and you still need to offer that forgiveness. Um, We're not discussing, number three, forgiveness of self. Forgiveness of self, that forgiveness comes from God for us, and we need to accept that forgiveness. That is a bigger conversation outside of the scope of what we're talking about here today. Um, And then finally, forgiveness and offering it is something that may need to be committed to uh, on a daily basis for a while, and and on and on as we release, release the hurt and release the person who has hurt us. So, those are my uh, disclaimers as we jump into this, and we're already 10 minutes in, but I want to get into, <clears throat> into this quickly. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, um, probably the clearest and most direct verse in all of the Bible on this topic of forgiveness, and it really frames this conversation for me. Ephesians chapter 4 is a great passage of Scripture. It's written to the church. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He, he says a whole bunch of stuff about bitterness and hurt and, and being unkind to each other, uh, which is crazy because he's, he's talking to um, 
Christian people, presumably, in the context of a local church. And he's saying all of these things. He gets down to verse 32. Again, same group of people, right? He's in front of a church, or it's a letter written to a church. He says this, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now that's crazy, right? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. So this is a command. It comes from the Bible. And when something is given to us as an imperative from the Bible, we call that a command. That's something to be obeyed. We are to forgive, be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. But then he wraps this up with the why. (laughs) Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Man, what a great truth. That really kicks off our discussion. Why do we need to forgive? We're going to come back to Ephesians 4.32 as we work through this. But why is this so important? You can say, uh, this hurt happened to me many, many, many years ago. Maybe I was a child and now I'm an adult. Maybe I'm an older adult. Uh, Maybe uh, I've been able to bury this and that, that thing I had with someone else uh, I've never really forgiven them. I still kind of hang on to it, but we, we've just gotten past it, right? We use all of these these things, um, often because we don't want to confront uh, kind of the harsh reality of what talking about this and dealing with this would look like. So we can say, well, I don't need to forgive, and it's okay, and, and uh, things are fine, or it happened so long ago, or whatever excuse we use not to forgive. Here's the reality, though. If we don't go through the process of forgiveness... We cannot really move forward in any meaningful way. Now listen to me. (laughs) You can move forward without forgiving. But it's like you're walking with a limp. You ever walked with a limp? When you walk with a limp, you can walk, you can move forward, but you're certainly not your best. It hurts when you move forward, even if you've had the limp for a long time. And I've had this happen where I got hurt and never really dealt with it and it took a while to heal and so you walk with a limp after a while you get used to the limp and so you say well this is how I walk now (laughs) even though it doesn't look right it doesn't feel right it's not doing anything healthy for the rest of your body you're walking with a limp that's what a lack of forgiveness does can you move forward sure but not fully into what God has created you to do and the life that God has created you to live you are not moving forward in a meaningful way if you refuse to forgive. We're hanging on to something that happened in the past. It's as if we're chained to an event, a trauma, a trial, a difficulty, an obstacle that took place in our past. We talk about all these things on this show. We're chained to that. But the difference between the chain having maybe been wrapped around our arm or wrapped around our ankle is that we're hanging on to the chain. We're hanging on to this chain, but we won't let go. And so it might as well be wrapped around our ankle or wrapped around our wrist because we're not moving any forward Then that chain of unforgiveness will allow us to go. (laughs) A couple of months ago, I was running um, in an unfamiliar neighborhood. I was running somewhere that I I don't typically run. And I was running past a pretty large house. And there was a, around the house was a chain link fence I could see into the yard. And I could see a dog, a little teeny dog, in the yard. And as I came kind of into the clearing where the dog could see me, 
Uh, it started barking and going crazy, but there was a fence, so I wasn't too concerned about it. This happens, right? You're out in front of people's houses. The dogs come after you, but there's a fence. I'm not worried about it. So I kept running. What I didn't see was that the gate where the driveway was, was open. The owner was doing some yard work, and so the gate was open. So that dog who saw me took off for that opening, <laughs> and I saw the opening, and I did my best as fast as possible to get away from the opening. I didn't know what I was going to do. That little dog was coming after me, and uh, I guess I probably would have done something to stop it from hurting me, right? Um, but the other thing I didn't notice, I wasn't too perceptive that day apparently, was that the dog was actually tied up. It had a long lead, so it had you know, a, a rope on its collar and a long lead that went back to what looked like a clothesline between trees. So the dog could kind of cover the length uh, and uh, depth of the yard, but it couldn't go outside of the yard the way the owner had him tied up. So that dog must have forgotten too because he took off as fast as he could, tore that opening from me. <laughs> and, and as I got kind of parallel to the opening, I jumped back when I saw that it was open and the dog was coming. And that dog hit the end of that rope as fast as he possibly could. He was a little teeny dog, so he kind of uh, rebounded back and fell over and then just stood there and barked at me. Um, and I was relieved. And then upon reflection you know i felt really brave even though i had run away from a little dog i felt really brave and uh kind of looked at him with those uh with one of those uh, that's what you deserve <laughs> kind of looks but that poor dog man he went as far and as fast as that lead or that rope would allow him to go but eventually he hit the end of the rope and this is what happens to us when we refuse to forgive can we run around our yard sure we can go a certain distance away from that uh, place that we're tied up, but we're hanging on to that chain. We're hanging on to that rope. And when we hit the end, we can't go any further. It's amazing how many people have limited themselves because they're hanging on to a hurt or a brokenness, something that happened in the past. Now, I know why we do this sometimes. Sometimes we do this because we don't want to let people off the hook. Listen to me, that's not what forgiveness is. Sometimes we don't forgive, we don't let go of the rope, so to speak, or let go of the chain, because we're afraid. We become so comfortable with that feeling of bitterness and resentment that if we let go, then we're letting them go, and we're letting them get away with something, and, and maybe we're acting as though what hurt us didn't hurt that bad, or we know how deeply we were hurt, and we can't just let that go. That's what we feel like we're doing when we forgive. Listen, none of those things are true. When we let go of that rope, when we offer forgiveness, when we open our hand, what we're doing is allowing the person who has hurt us to find their responsibility, accountability, and judgment before God and not us. When we hold someone responsible to us for what they did in the past, we are, in fact, whether we understand it or not, putting ourselves in the place of God. We're saying, you are responsible to me. You are accountable to me. We don't want to be held accountable to anyone else, and yet we'll hold other people accountable to us. Forgiveness releases the rope. Forgiveness drops the chain. Forgiveness gives us the freedom to fully go where God wants us to go and be what God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do. You've heard the other analogy in all of this. A lack of forgiveness, it, the analogy, the word picture, 
A lack of forgiveness is like sitting in a jail cell with the door open and refusing to walk out. You write your loved ones, I'm in jail. (laughs) People come and visit you because you're in jail. Food, push through the bars because you're in jail. But the whole time the gate is open, you know it's open, and you just refuse to walk through. Why do we need to forgive? Because God has a plan for us. And God has things that he wants to accomplish through us. And there is that promise of a peace that passes understanding to those who are submitted to God and his will and will never experience peace, will never experience joy, that fruit of the Spirit, the hope and the love. We don't experience those things, at least not fully, because we're hanging on to something that happened to us in the past and holding someone accountable to us instead of releasing them to be accountable to God. A lack of forgiveness leads to frustration, which leads to bitterness, which often leads to being consumed with those things that have happened in the past. Our identity is tied up in what happened to us because we haven't let go. (laughs) Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I don't like it when people say, get over it forget it, move past it. That's not what I'm talking about. This isn't artificial. This isn't a thing of the will. You need to decide. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this isn't just, I'm just going to move on in spite of it. This is sincerely releasing so that you can move forward. You see, forgiveness is releasing the unforgiven and moving toward your intended future. I want to give you a couple thoughts here on how we can do this. And again, this is a starting point, but some thoughts that I think can be a help to you. Uh, Number one, and and I just said this isn't a thing of the will, and, and it's not, but everything begins in the same place. Any change that happens begins in the same place. Number one, you have to decide to forgive. Decide to forgive. If you are waiting until you feel like forgiving, you'll probably never forgive. If you're waiting for better circumstance, better situation for that person to come to you, if you're waiting for something to happen that forces the hand of forgiveness, it's probably not going to happen. In order for forgiveness to take place, again, we just talked about all the reasons this is important. In order for that to take place, you have to decide that you are going to forgive. Now we'll talk about some steps that you can take to do that, but decide. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul said, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Hear the words, Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God. He's saying, stop doing what you were doing and start doing something else. A decision has to be made. I'm going to live a different way. I've allowed this unforgiveness to dominate my life. It will dominate my life no more. Man, it's easy to get excited and a little bit passionate when you're talking about this because a lack of forgiveness has ruined so many relationships and so many lives and so many legacies, people wasting decades of their life because they are unwilling to forgive. Look, you need to understand, acknowledge you've been hurt, 
Maybe you need to get some people in here to help you walk this out. Maybe reconciliation is not possible. Maybe you need to grapple with this idea of forgiveness of self and your responsibility to God. Uh, There are a lot of things that are involved in this. Maybe it's a daily decision, but it begins with you saying, I will forgive. I'm going to live different. I'm going to do something different. I will not allow this to dominate my life anymore. You need to decide. The next thing you need to do, and this is really important, is get the right perspective. What's the right perspective? Well, back to Ephesians 4.32, and be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving, even as God. Okay, here's the perspective. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I want you to do these things. And, and it's almost as if you can hear the audience go, oh yeah, well, why should we do that? Or it's too hard, or I could never. And Paul says, here's why you need to do those things. Kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The example, the standard, is always Jesus Christ. I've said this many, many times. I've fallen short of this many, many times. Um, I know this to be true, and yet I don't always hold to it. But the example is, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's always Jesus. The standard is always Jesus. Look, if you're waiting for the person who has hurt you to ask forgiveness before you'll forgive them, you're going to be waiting forever. If you want to find someone who's worse at this forgiveness thing than you are, you can easily find them. If you're looking for a standard to measure whether or not you should forgive or can forgive or whether or not forgiveness is right, you will find the standard you want to find. But the standard that we're given in the Bible is Jesus Christ. Check this out. Jesus, murdered by his creation. (laughs) I mean, this is nuts. Murdered by his creation. He did it because he loves us. He did it to pay a price that we could not pay. And in doing so, offered forgiveness that allows us to be reconciled to the Father. That's the standard. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Why does God forgive us? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's the standard. So here's the question you have to ask. What could someone do to you that is worse than creation murdering Jesus Christ the Creator? Now, I know that humans are horrible to each other. I know that. I know that people can be hurt in so many severe, severe ways. It is amazing how horrible humans can be to each other. So this is in no way intended to diminish your pain or your hurt or what someone's done to you. But when we start talking about why you should let go of the chain why you should offer forgiveness even to someone that doesn't deserve it and even to someone that may never accept it and all those things. When we're talking about letting go so that you can move forward into the life that God has created you to live, we have to ask the question, well, where's the standard? Is what was done to me worse than what we did to the perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ? The answer, of course, is no. That doesn't make it any easier. I'm not suggesting that it should. Again, doesn't diminish your pain. But what it does do is it puts this thing in perspective. When the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 
That's what he's doing. He's elevating the standard. He's saying you can be kind. You can be tenderhearted. You can be forgiven. Because the example we have is what Jesus did for you. That's the standard. You see, sometimes we don't offer forgiveness because we don't think forgiveness is possible. And Paul throws that thing way up there and says, it's possible (laughs) because of Jesus. So we need to decide. Then we need to get our perspective right. Then we need to act. What's the action? I want to offer a couple of things to you. Here are the actions. Begin with prayer. Pray. Psalm 116, verse 1, I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my supplications, because He has inclined His ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon Him as long as I live. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and verse 11, the Bible explains that we can go boldly to the throne of, of God because of what Jesus has done for us. We have, we have access And that the reason we can go to him is because Jesus understands hurt and he understands pain. He understands betrayal. He understands all of those things. And so we have a high priest, the Bible talks about there in Hebrews chapter 4, that understands where we're coming from. Not with sin. He didn't sin, but he understands the hurt and the betrayal and the pain, uh, what it is to be human. He understands that. And so we can come to him with our deep hurts and our pains and our concerns and, and all of the things that we need from him. We can go to him with those things. And once we've decided to forgive, and we've looked at Jesus as the example so we know it's possible, we need to then go to God, who knows all things, but wants us to come to Him and depend on Him and lean on Him. Say, God, I'm going through this. I've decided to do what you told me to do, (laughs) to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. You know how deep the hurt is, how long I've carried it all that it's done to me, how in so many ways my identity has gotten wrapped up in that thing in the past. God, I want to forgive as you've told me to. Give me grace. Give me mercy. Give me wisdom. Help me, Lord, to honor you as I do what you've told me to do as I offer this forgiveness and move in the freedom that you've set in front of me. Pray. The second thing, I would encourage you to do is look inward. We are so focused on the sins, the brokenness, and the hurt of other people that we fail to examine ourselves. Psalm 139, verse 23, the psalmist said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me. This is important. As we're praying, we need to pray, God, reveal to me those areas that I need to seek forgiveness. I need to ask forgiveness from you or from others. We get so wrapped up in our own hurt that we fail to see or intentionally overlook the hurt that we've inflicted on others. Look inward. Pray to God. Look inward. And then number three, trust. 
Trust what? Trust that God will keep his word. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that lo- uh, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God has a plan. If we're doing what God has told us to do, and in this case, for this conversation, we're offering forgiveness as he's told us to, then we need to trust that he'll do what he says he'll do. Philippians 4, and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Again, this isn't about claiming something from God that he hasn't expressly revealed in his word and and then demanding that he gives it to us. This is simply about trusting God to keep his word when we're living out to the best of our ability what he's commanded us to do. God, I'm coming to you. You tell me to be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. I understand that Jesus is the example I want to do this. I want to move into the freedom. I want to let go of that chain. God, I pray that you'd work in my life and you'd work in this situation and you'd help me to take the right steps and do the right things that you'd bring this to pass. It's trusting God. Number four, this is so important. Focus on your relationship with God. Focus on your relationship with with God. We need to maintain or attain in many cases a larger perspective. You see, we've been placed on this earth to bring honor and glory to God. And often a lack of forgiveness causes us to take our eyes off of God and living the way that He wants us to live so that He can receive glory and placing it on our own hurt and our own brokenness. And we need to instead focus on a relationship with him, asking him, how can we, whether we eat, drink, or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God? That's what we're told to do. How do we live that out? How do we walk that out? God, what can I do to bring you glory? Focus on your relationship with the Lord. Get a larger perspective, Zechariah 4, 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. These things that we've been called to do in life, like forgive, they seem outside of the realm of possibility, outside of our own strength. And God says, it's in my strength, and the strength of my spirit, that this will take place. Focus on your relationship with the Lord. And then finally, learn... <laughs> from your experiences. This is asking God, what can I learn from this? How can I grow through this? It's amazing, and I've had the opportunity to meet many, many people over the years who have used their hurt and their brokenness to be a blessing to others. They've learned, kind of culled the experience and the lessons from those experiences into lessons that they can use to help others help others navigate what their own what they're going through on their own and what they're dealing with and and help to put into perspective uh, the hurt and the brokenness of the world they've learned from their experience James chapter 1 and verse 2 my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing James is a wonderful book of the Bible in that first chapter. Um, so many things expressed there. But we're told 
That is the trying of our faith that works patience. That patience brings perfection or completeness to us. Learn from what God has allowed to take place in our lives so that it can be redeemed for the blessing of others. You offer forgiveness. And when we offer forgiveness, we experience release from bitterness and resentments, resentment. So often a reconciliation with the person who's hurt us and a renewal in our own soul and in the soul of the person that we've offered forgiveness to. Again, I know reconciliation is not always possible, but when we go through this process, even if the other person is unresponsive or unavailable, we experience a renewal in our soul because we've let go of that chain that's driven to that stake in the past that keeps us from moving forward. And we can fully and completely be what God has called us and created us to be. Listen, I don't know who it is that you need to forgive, who you need to offer forgiveness to, but don't hang on to this stuff that's in the past that keeps us so tied and so bound that we can't march. The best we can do is stay where we are, (laughs) and we all know the result of that. It's that spiritual and emotional and relational death. Decide that you will forgive. Go to the Lord. Ask for His help. Ask for wisdom. Ask for grace. Ask for mercy. Trust His Word and move forward. And you will experience a freedom that perhaps you never thought possible. Hope that is a help to you today. This is something that we all need to think about. We need to revisit often because we're human. We get hurt, and whether people know it or not, sometimes they know it, but sometimes they don't. Uh, they hurt us, and we need to go through this process of offering and receiving forgiveness. Hope that that has helped to you. Take some time before you depart and uh, jump over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You can find some other great podcasts there. And uh, I would love for you to be able to take advantage of those. They're free to you, of course. Wonderful, um, topical podcasts, all faith-focused. And you'll be blessed by those. Please go and check those out. Really appreciate it. Take some time to subscribe. If you have not yet subscribed, share this content out. Go over to jeremystallinker.com. That would be fantastic. Thank you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. 
Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.